Hey guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. Don't mind what I just did a few seconds ago. Um, I totally forgot we were in, uh, not in studio mode because Greg can see everything now. So I'm like, oh, oh, oops. Anyways, uh, welcome to the show. Also, we have video officially, officially, officially. So thanks to, thanks to RMAs, thanks to warranties. We can do mostly everything that I want to do. We're just missing one more component and we'll be back to 100%. But we're like around like 90, 80% right now of full power. Um, but with that being said, joining me to showcase his full power on his podcast, the other than Greg Dietz. No, don't. I don't want to. What are you doing? I'm weird now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're back at it again. Um, and you know what's funny, too, just a little side note. We're coming up pretty close on episode 200. We're like six weeks, six episodes away. So, like, yeah, we're uh, we're coming up there. Um, That's roughly eight weeks with our schedule. Yeah, I know, right? I feel like, you know what's funny? I feel like we're going to hit it like right as E3 starts or in the middle of E3. <laughs> so Yeah, probably. Um, I will say though, uh, and, I'll, and I'll mention this now and at the end of the podcast before we get right into the, in the news, um, we're going to go into the after show tonight talking about Avengers. Spoilers ahead. We're going to go into all types of spoilers and our full thoughts on the movie. So if you've not seen the movie uh, after the podcast, bow out then, not now, then, <laughs> so that you won't get spoiled. The, so. It's just a heads up to warning. So, all right. Here we go. Oh, man, your screen's kind of fucked up. I'll fix it later. Um, all right. So, oh, it's a sandwich. Uh, it's I, fine. I, don't, I don't mind looking thinner. <laughs> yeah, of course. This is definitely how you usually look. Um, okay, so getting right into the news. I, I just had a rib, by the way, guys. So I'm, I'm, if I burp a little bit, it's because of that. I had a, I had quite a bit of pizza, and I'm still drinking beer. So yeah. burps ahead, burp yeah. cast. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, where's my video? Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. So, um. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Okay. Um. So, uh, the uh, game, the guys who run GDQ. They released their schedule for Summer Games Done Quick. I'll put the link in the chat for those who want to check it out. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm actually going to turn on the bit rate, actually. Uh, just to be on the safe side. Also, I forgot to... Man. Timer. Okay. Oh, wait. Where's my timer? Oh, no. My timer's not here. Okay, whatever. I'll just keep track here. I'll just keep track. I'll, I'll just keep track here. Um, anyway, We're off to a rousing good start. I know, right? Okay, so as I was saying, um, the uh, guys at Summer Game uh, at GDQ have released their schedule for Summer Games Done Quick, and I feel like we do it because we love uh, games done quick, and we also love the fact that it's a charity event and something that me and Greg love to watch every every time to have it in the summer, in the early winter, or in the early at the beginning of the year. Um, so, so they released a schedule and, um, they got some really cool stuff as always that they're showing off. The first day is actually really good. Like they're starting off with Banjo-Tooie 
Um, and they got like, they got Warcraft 3. I'm very curious to how to do Warcraft 3, honestly. Um, Doom again, uh, 2016, Resident Evil 4, uh, Ninja Gaiden Black, um, in some game called Gimmick. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Like, I, I just wanted to make, take the time to really, like, PSA to, like, for those who are watching. Like, definitely check them out. They are a, um, they are, they is a, basically, it's a speedrunning event where a bunch of speedrunners come together to help raise money for charity. Um, and they, uh, do it every summer and every, um, beginning of the year in January. And they raise money. They have it on multiple streams. Uh, and that money goes, uh, to fight against cancer, uh, with Doctors Without Borders. Um, and uh, they have a week-long event, uh, and it's basically uh, any game you think that they're going to speedrun or that you wouldn't think able to speedrun, like, it's there. Um, so, again, I posted the link in the chat for, for you guys to check out. Uh, Greg, do you have it up on your end, just out of curiosity? The list? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I can pull it up, though, if you'd like me to. Yeah, go for it, go for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was it? It's, oh, it's, it's AGDQ18, 2018. Yep. Uh, schedule. Oh, kids chameleons being a thing. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I mean, my favorite, my favorite block is always the awful games done quick. Yes, yes. Is that, oh, is that in the summer? Or is that in, in the, uh. Yeah, so they can still name it ADGQ. Uh... ADGQ. Okay, gotcha. Uh, the 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 um, what's the other one called? It's awesome games done quick and I don't know the the, the name escapes me right now. Uh, okay, what's the one in the winter time? It's right after Magfest every year. I know what I'm saying. It's it's, it's not awesome games. It's something else. Summer game. Oh. It's, so this one is Summer Games. Yeah, this is Summer Games. The, Are they just changing? No, okay. This as this is SGDQ. Yeah. So yeah. So the S stands for something else. Okay. Summer, so yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. My brain was just like fighting itself on that one. <laughs> so I believe, I believe I found when they do it because I usually do it like around Wednesday. Um, I'm looking through the schedule right now. I think I found it too, actually. Uh, yeah, so I'm assuming it's Wednesday nights when they do it, but like it's uh, so well, hmm. I wouldn't call. I mean, yeah, it might be set up block three with uh, no, because roundabout's a good game. Yeah, so I'm looking at that. It's like, ah, oh, that's not a bad game. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna look see Thursday. Mm, I think Thursday is it actually. So if you're following along the list and for those uh, listening to the podcast, um, we are going through the schedule for uh for summer games not quick and i believe we found the awful game section uh thursday night first game is club drive second game is bio miracle bukugati upa third game's yo noi 2 and i think this is it yeah jungle king tar uh tarchan world tour rumble pac-man 2 the new adventures i believe these are yeah this is awful game block maybe Hmm. Well, my my big thing, regardless, my big thing about the GDQ events in general mm -hmm. is it's just so much fun to tune in and watch people destroy games. Um, I don't even need to know anything about the game to to enjoy watching them speedrun it. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, games that I've played and watching them do, and, and speedrun that's that's more fun, but 
like games that I've that I've kind of seen or kind of played a little bit of, but never beat. Um, or the stuff like the Taskbot stuff is always fun. Yeah, it's always cool to see those because it's definitely like just um, insane what that machine can do. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, they're gonna fucking speedrun I Am Bread in ten minutes. That's How? cool. That's cool. I want to see some someone. Yeah, see that's, that. that's something I want to see. It's stuff like that that really catches my catches my eye. Or apparently they're going to do, I mean, it says Insane Trilogy, but then down just below it, it says Crash Bandicoot 1, any percent, so I don't nice, know. Nice, nice. I, I mean, it would be really, really cool if there was a speedrunner that did the entire trilogy in one go. Yeah. I'm looking through the list right now, and like, there's, uh, Cuphead's going to be one of the speedrun games. I'm not surprised. Like, that that, that, that game was kind of made for, for speedrunning. Um... You should have found a video that, that was longer than the one that's I mean, playing. there isn't that many. I mean, there isn't that many, like, I mean, there, I mean, like, there's a bunch of speed runs that, you know, that's out there I could get, but uh, as far as like trailers for the event, there aren't that many out there, honestly. <laughs> it's well, just, it's not, even a, it's not even a trailer for the event for the new one. I know, I know. It's just something just to put on here. Um, oh, Lord. Metal Gear, Solid, uh, Twin Snakes, I'm pretty excited about. That's cool. Oh, I wonder if the one for Prey is... Oh, okay, this is 2017. Okay, that's cool. I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, is I like to see speedruns in new games, too. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah. There's definitely some coolness as far as, like, what, what potential they can unlock within the short amount of time a game has come out. Um, I'm surprised they're allowing Get Over It with Benefotti. Yeah. Uh, wow, they're having, a six, they're having a Super Mario 64 run. Sick! 70-star race. Yeah. 70 stars, yeah. Um, that's that's basically, uh, that race is, is like the minimum amount you need to get to beat the game without any glitches. So mm. that's, what that, that's what that looks like it is. Did you ever see the guy who did the 120, is it 124, 120, 120 star run? Uh, like fully? Did you ever um, see that? No, I don't think I had or have. That was incredible. It took like three hours, but watching him get all 120 stars was a fucking feat. Hmm. So That's it's cool. stuff like that that catches my interest. Like the, the standard mm-hmm. the standard fare Mega Man 9. Okay. Uh ooh, I watched the accident verge one. Um Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff here. Uh they're bring back Mario Maker. I'm actually like, very excited for that. It's a 3v3 blind level race. So yeah. I'm super excited. I'll have to look at this closer. I'll have to look at this a lot closer because I don't, I, I mean, I'm just kind of scrolling fast through it, but I mean, you know, I'll be watching straight up. You know, I'll be watching. Right, right. I might, oh shit, that's a six, that's a seven hour speed run. Um, <laughs> the last game of everything is Final Fantasy VI, which is a really good game. Like people should play it. <laughs> um, but uh, as a six hour, I, it's like, I might just tune in and out just for that. But I, uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys haven't seen that game or played it, it's a really good game. So definitely check it out when you guys can. This is not an endorsement by Square Enix by any kind. I'm just saying it's a really good game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Like I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited it, again. It's it's at that time of year again for for summer games done quick. So and for those who are listening, please check out the event when it happens. It's happening on June 24th, I believe. Um, and it's going to be uh, a week long event. Definitely, when you can, please donate. To the event, and you can write it off in your tax return, and it's goes to charity and it goes to fight against cancer. Um, so, 
It starts on June 24th and ends on July 1st. Cool. Sweet. So, I mean, realistically, we could have talked about it next week, but. Right. Well, I just saw it on, in the news. I had I'm just messing with you. Just letting people know, you know, just. Uh, uh, oh, pardon me, guys. Burp stream. Burp, burp, burp hash, hashtag burp stream. All right. So moving on to our next topic at hand. Any second here. It's been a while since I've done something like this on the podcast. Okay. Um, let's see. Ah, yes. Okay, so this is reported off of... Oh, hang on. Let me start the 10-minute marker. This is reported off of Eurogamer.net, written by Richard Ledbetter. Switch hacked. An unexpected exploit is a security nightmare for Nintendo. Uh, Linux already running custom firmware in development. Nintendo Switch has been hacked with two similar exploits released in the last 24 hours following a complete dump of the console's boot ROM. The hacks are hardware-based in nature and cannot be patched by Nintendo. The only way forward to, for the platform holder in in fully secure, sorry, sorry, oh, hello, burp there. Uh, in fully uh, securing the console will be to revise the Nvidia Tegra X1 processor itself, patching out the boot ROM bug. In the short term, homebrew code execution is possible in full touch-enabled version of Linux with 3D acceleration support is now available. The exploits have been delivered by veteran console hackers fa- uh, Fail Overflow with the Shuffle 2 release and Fuzzy Glee hack from Kate Tamik, which is fully documented here. According to the hackers, the nature of the exploit will fully disclose to Google, Nintendo, and NVIDIA some time ago. Fall, uh, fail Overflow was set to release its exploit on 25th of April, but brought it out forward once the boot ROM dump leaked. And I'll put this full link in the chat for those who want to read it. Okay. Um. So they found. So they found. They they found they found a way to not only hack the switch. But in a way that Nintendo can't patch it out, and the only way to fix this is to basically make a new new hardware console per se, uh, or which, updated which version. honestly might happen. So, yeah, it actually might actually happen because like Nintendo has a, has a history of doing this. Um, so my when I was reading this and when I first learned about it, the first thing that came to mind is. Is the Switch going to become slowly like the PSP? Because when the PSP came out, it sold a lot of handhelds but, uh, at the time. But the problem is no. that... But it was... It, to, did, did to, answer it? Question, to answer your question, no. I have a very good reason why the Switch will not become oh, okay. that. Uh, don't get me wrong. A lot of people will start using... Will start hacking it. A lot of people. But... Um, Fortunately for for Nintendo's audience, it's different than what the PSP had. Quite different, if you ask me. Um, there are more people. There are more people willing to support Nintendo than to do the hacking. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say whether I think that the hacking is good or bad or whatever. But you have to know that if you're hacking and Downloading downloading games versus buying the games, you're not supporting the company, fully fully. Um, and and for me, I would rather do something with my three hundred dollar console that I don't have the money to replace that's safe than 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 that's not safe. 
Right. Uh, like a friend was like, oh, you could buy this dock that's really cool. And it's like, it's made by uh, Mad Cats. And I was like, you didn't hear about the Mad Cats docks that were breaking systems? Yeah. He was like, no. And I was like, yeah, I'm not buying third party hardware. So I'm not buying a hack. Like, it's just not going to happen. But if that's something you want to do, if you feel like that's the route you want to take, go for it. I'm uh, more power to you. It's, it's, you know, I'm still in the mindset that once when you, even though you buy a game, it's not yours. So kind of go and ask or kind of respond to the statement here that Jason is in the chat, but also listening to the podcast. You should join us by the way on our Twitch channel. Um, he says the hack should also boost sales of what is on the shelf right now, which could be a thing. Like the, the Switch is already selling really well as of right now, and this could potentially boost up its console sales, specifically just to hack it and like get games for free and whatnot. Um, and Nintendo can't sure, do that. Sure, but Nintendo, thing. you have to understand that, that, that video game companies, we've talked about this in the past, they don't make money off of the systems. They're spending more money to make a system than they are to sell it. All the video game companies are doing this. Mm-hmm. They make their money off of peripherals and third-party items. That's where they make their money. Sure, they can try to make some money back, but most sales do not. Like for Nintendo, that three hundred dollars for the for the Switch itself, they're probably losing money on that, if not cutting it even. Yeah, and they're making money on making the Joy Cons seventy dollars because those Joy Cons are not that much. I think it's like 30% increase in sale on Joy-Cons. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so, well, and, and, I'll, just, and I'll agree with your statement, actually. I, like, I, I was thinking about this. I was reading the story. Like, could this be potentially, like, you know, the, the next generation of, like, a PSP in terms of like, how that turned out and why people would buy it for? But then I thought about it. It's like Nintendo has, has garnered such goodwill within uh, people's mindset within the game industry that, like, I don't think people, well, people will go out there and hack it. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's more people inclined to get the console and support the games on Nintendo rather than try to hack it. Yeah. Well, like when you say the PSP, it reminds me of that the fact that the PSP kind of died because of the hacking. That it went under because yeah. people, yeah. like, weren't buying games for it. It was the same reason that, you know, Nintendo, uh, well, similar reason, not same reason. That Nintendo's Wii, like it was, it started off super strong and then died really quickly because people weren't buying games for it. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And I think in this situation, one of the things that I wouldn't say game companies, but like I would say platformers, um, in terms of like Steam, in terms of like Xbox, Microsoft, Sony, what in at least in my theory, like what they are doing to kind of combat piracy to some degree is that when you're dealing with piracy when you're trying to pirate a game you have to jump through these loops get the right crack download from the right website that doesn't give you a virus and install it to where it works when it comes to these platforms they made it much more easier to download or buy a game um rather than going through the loops and that's their way of like combating like hey you can you can get the game for free sure you can do all the loops but you could just pay 20 bucks for cuphead and you can and you can download it, just a one click a button and installs and you're good to go. So yeah, I that- mean it, it's for me for me again like I you'll never see me hack a console. Like even if it's a situation like with with the DS where basically all you have to do for the DS is buy the buy the cart. 
I think you might have to actually homebrew the system, but um, I would I would assume so. like yeah. But with that stuff, it's not it's not it's not as as like this seems more dangerous. Is my point? This seems like it could potentially brick the system because they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's true. So, but the, even if even if they get it right, even if they get it right. I, I wondered. Right, okay. right, 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 Jason. That's what I was figuring. It was a clean file. Um, mm-hmm. But my, my point is, is that, like you said, the goodwill that Nintendo has caused with its fans, with as many people that bought the system who are not going to hack, I don't think this is a big problem. I mean, Nintendo's going to see it as a problem because Nintendo's a company that wants to make money. But right, right. from a consumer's perspective, I still feel like Ten- Mario Tennis Aces is going to sell a huge amount that whatever next big title they have coming out is going to sell big. Um, that E3 is still going to be a huge showing for them. So yeah, I'm not worried. And I don't think they should be either, but whatever. I think the one thing to take away, because I just read the, the article here about uh, about it. Um, apparently, like, they, were no- they were notified. Like They informed, let's see, who was it? Uh, like, of t- April 24th? Fifth? No, no, no. Hang on. According to nature, yeah, they they informed Google, Nintendo, and Nvidia about this, um, about about this hack. And they were said to release on I don't know, on April twenty fifth. So I'm kind of curious as far as like they if they were told about it, like I would kind of wonder what they were thinking about it. Was was it like basically oh well, we can't do nothing about this, so I guess we'll just. Like, we'll know of it, but we had to, like, figure out a way to prevent it in the future? Or is it, like, they knew about it and they ignored it? Because they, I don't know. It, I, 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 that, when I read down the article, I'm kind of wondering, like, what the mindset of Nintendo was when it came to knowing, if that is true, if knowing that they've um, had the information of this, about this hack um, prior to this. And it was even said in the article, like, this wasn't, like, they, they weren't, weren't going to, Announced it for a while until that leak happened with, with the dump. Well, you got you got to put in perspective of like other companies and how they've had to deal with console releases. Like they have to compete. They have to compete with consumers who are at a point where they might not want certain things at certain times. Um, <laughs> like like let me let me let me explain it in this in this example. Deadpool two is not going to release the same weekend as Infinity War. That's not <laughs> happening. No. Nah. So, so these consoles have to figure out how to get their stuff out there, get it in people's hands without people feeling fatigue. And um, uh, that was another thing that I saw too, Josh or Jason. Jason says, by the way, in chat for listeners, it's not really a big hack. It just enables debug mode. Mm. Um, which, okay. I, yeah, that's that's also another thing. But still, I, um, we're we're discussing it as if it were a big hack. Jason, just in case like that wasn't clear, um, right, right? Because the the question that 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 Anthony here is asking is like, will will it be as bad for the Switch as hacking was for the PSP? And I'm going absolutely not. Uh, but the point I'm getting at about console releases and, and how they have to compete is sometimes they have to release their console way earlier than they should. And this was the biggest problem with the 360, like. It, it, it took years for them to make a, a, a console 360 that didn't crash, that didn't break super easily. That's true. Yeah, I did. Oof. Can't tell you how many, how many um, 360s they went through to get uh, one that works. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's two problems that came from that is that they were like, well, we either need to increase our R&D area 
so that way there's more people working on it for a shorter period of time or extend the period of time. And, and, and Xbox was like both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, credit to Sony, they did the same thing. And Nintendo arguably did the same thing between the Wii U and the, and the switch. Mm. Um, and that's why I think, you know, when you look at all three systems and their sales, like we're in a weird age right now where all, all three systems are extremely viable. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I don't think the switch. I don't think the switch is going anywhere. I don't think any number of hacks or big hack or whatever, unless it shuts down Nintendo's like entire server situation, I don't think it'll matter. And I think uh, people are still going to buy the switch regardless. Okay. And play it. All right. Legally. Uh, okay. So, moving on to our next topic at hand, and let me start this up. Uh, there is my video. Here it is. Oh, microtransactions and loot boxes. I thought we were away from you, but no, you popped up in the no. news. Oh, no. That's always going to be in the news. But this specifically is something that I caught recently that must be talked about. This is reported off of theguardian.com, written by, where's the author at? Casa uh, McDonald. Belgium is right to, to class video game loot boxes as channel gambling. Um, yesterday, the Belgian Minister of Justice, Colin Yeens, announced the result of the investigation that the country's gaming commission conducted into video game loot boxes, a mechanic that lets players pay real money for a chance at winning virtual items. It found that three popular games, Overwatch, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and FIFA 18, were in violation of gambling legislation. This is a significant finding because controversy over loot boxes has been raging for the past at least six months. Are they actually a form of gambling? Worse, are they a form of gambling that is particularly appealing to children? Belgium's gaming commission has decided that, that yes, they are. And the publishers in question should remove loot boxes from their games or face or face fines. EA and Blizzard uh, publishers to, uh, to the games in question did not respond to requests for comment on how they plan to comply. A Valve spokesperson said that the company is happy to engage with the Belgium Gambling Commission and answer any questions they may have. There might be no financial incentive uh, to buying loot boxes, you never win any money, but they are still a game of chance. A dialogue with the sector of necessary said, uh, said Yeans. It is often children who come into contact with such systems and we cannot allow that. I'm curious, is, uh, can somebody look up and see if, um, uh, if, uh, claw machines are available in Belgium? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. And even if if you can go in that route, the reason why gacha machines are not, uh, out, you know, banned because of, of gambling, because they, uh, you can, first of all, you can visibly see that the items are in the, um, in the box or in the in the in the machine, so that all right, that's old a, man talk. Continue, <laughs> but they have they but they have a more visual representation of how of like what 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 you could win, um and um, I'm just gonna throw this out there: video games give you a visual rep- representation of what you could win. All of them do. Every single game that I have ever personally played that has had loot boxes or a loot box type system shows you in some fashion way or form exactly what you could get in those does it show you on the screen in which you can buy them no does it show you on another screen and how you can buy them yes 
And, and, and here's the problem that I have with people and their attitude towards loot boxes. It's this attitude that somehow, when it comes to the gambling aspect, that somehow by buying a loot box that has random items in it, that that's gambling. And again, I point out Gachapon, I point out Claw Machines, I point out a lot of games that kids have access to in public settings that are forms of gambling. But those are fine. Why? Why? What makes them different than loot boxes in a video game? Not to mention, as I've pointed out numerous times before, loot boxes have to be purchased with a credit card. Adults are the only ones who have a credit card. Again, this is such a moot point to me to sit there and say, oh, they're geared towards children. You do realize, Gambling Commission in Belgium, that the average age of gamers is between the age of 18 and 35, not fucking uh, 5 and, and 17. You know this, right, Belgium? Oh, you don't, because you're just a bunch of old men on a fucking panel who think they know what they're talking about because they just see a random items in a box and you pay for them. Well, that's gambling, morons. So here's, here's something I wanted to point out, and... Um, also in the article, it also goes into like, if they don't pay the fine, they actually will serve jail time. Um, so they can actually jail people who, who, who ignored the, uh, the fines. Um, but I wanted to point out, and we, we have this discussion over and over again about loot boxes and you it's you always- You want to get me fired up, Josh. This is how you do it. <laughs> and- This topic pisses me off. And we've, we, we, we went over this over and over again. But the one thing I do want to point out, uh, since this entire debacle has happened with loot boxes and- is in gambling, microtransactions, or whatnot, is that game companies are now are now scared, <laughs> are are <Sorry>. now <laughs> are now are now are now more than ever scared of this idea of putting it in their games. Um, EA, I, I can't remember where, but I remember hearing that EA is very spooked about what happened and is like not touching this at all, like for future games. Um, and companies game, other game companies come out and said like, yeah, we don't have no loot boxes in our game. Like don't, don't hate us. So what really what's happened is because of everything that has transpired with this controversy, with the way the system rolled out, that game companies, publishers are going to be staying away as far as they can. Uh, recently, uh, WB games, uh, took out the, uh, microtransactions in, um, the Lord of the Rings game. They recently they they, they uh, took out. I was I was gonna say, I was gonna say this to you a long time ago, Anthony. The the most the benefit the most benefit that you might see from developers being afraid of putting loot boxes in their games is you might see longer development times for games, less money being spent per year on the development of a game because they're taking longer to make it. You might see a transition of that, which ultimately is great for the consumer because let's be honest, there's just too many games to play right now. Yeah, um, I still agreed. have, and I, I'm not joking when I say this, Anthony. I have Far Cry Five and um, Extinction ready to be played, but haven't played them because I just have too much stuff and video games to play. Agreed. <laughs> that is a problem. That is a huge problem, <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're trying to shorten development time. They're trying to crank out these games and then subsidize that cost that they're using because it costs more in loot boxes and that cost could be subsidized and changed it absolutely could but when you're in again a big com competing industry you have to make content like that you have to you have to stay relevant 
Yeah. And and uh, a huge aspect to that, and I, I pointed this out before too, um, the cultural osmosis of everybody enjoying content is on a fast, like with yeah. YouTube and yeah. Netflix and all these systems and, and, and stuff in place where I want to watch an episode specifically of, uh, of uh, um, uh, Animaniacs and I'm going to search for it on the internet. You can't. You can do that right now mm-hmm. without any struggle. And so as a whole, and I'm not saying this is kids, this is adults or old people. Everybody's put into this. Our 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 attention spans have shortened. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, you go and watch certain movies nowadays. Like, let's talk about, let's say, Infinity War or La- or Last Jedi. Great movies. Some would argue with me, but that's fine. Whatever, I don't care. Great movies. But look how they're filmed. Each segment of characters is less than five minutes. Yeah. Each segment yeah. of characters is less than five minutes. Think about that. Think about how films are made today because of our short attention span. Right, right, right. So, and is that, you know, that kind of a deeper conversation? Right, Jason. Is, is that a deeper conversation of, like, as a society that we're just getting dumber? Is it just because the way that the world no, works No, 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 no. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean we're getting dumber. It doesn't mean we're... It just means that's, that's just how entertainment is evolving. Hmm. That's all that means. But because of that, Anthony, because of that, you're seeing more blockbusters come out every year. You're seeing more video game blockbusters come out every year. You're seeing a a what what the I'm trying to remember what it was called, what this analyst was talking about, but basically oversaturation of content. Yeah. Yeah. And people are gonna start getting content fatigue. So hopefully the benefit from this loot box fiasco is that developers are going to take less time to make games. Exactly, exactly. That's what I hope so, for, especially because like, there's definitely a lot of games that people, like, they don't have, well, honestly, they never had, nobody has time to play everything they want to play in a given year. I mean, you could, but, like, there's tons and tons of games out there that are out there right now. And, you know, from the top could, publishers... You could, you could 10 years ago. You could absolutely do that 10 years ago. True, very true. That was, that was before Steam, and that was before Indies were able to launch their games on multiple platforms. Um, yep. But it, will we get a situation where it's going to be like that with these taking time? It helps. I don't think it's going to really change much in terms of like releasing games. But if it gives us more time to play games, that's great. It's awesome. Well, and, and again, I use I used the term like you might see it loosely because it, it might not happen either. Like you might still see the biggest problem with gaming being the oversaturation because... As EA has stated, um, the uh, loot boxes aren't going anywhere, and they see a huge financial uh, um, turnout from loot boxes. So get used to them. Yeah, I mean, like as much as I am against loot boxes and microtransactions—not all, but some. Um, like uh, I've, I've stated before, I'm not against or for loot boxes. I'm against people not using their brains. I'm against people going. I hate loot boxes because I don't want to spend extra money on a game. Okay, you don't have to. These are all optional. <laughs> right, right. Except for what Battlefront 2 was doing originally. But again, as I've stated, like the benefit was like, do you want your grenade to have a 0.5 radius or a 0.6 radius? Okay, so the fucking definition of needless. Got it. Yeah. 
I was going to say something, but you interrupted me. God damn it. I lost my train I'm of thought. I'm sorry. This, this topic, you know this topic uh, and how it gets me, dude. I know. I know it does. I know it does. Um, regardless, that is your update on, on that. And that will ever, that'll be ever a thing for the next, I don't know how long, years. We'll be talking about it again and again and again and again until my head explodes like that scene in Scanners. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to a much more happier thought. Um, Nintendo. Uh, so... Nintendo recently um, has d- disclosed some stuff that me and Greg are pretty excited about. Uh, first off, on Twitter, they disclosed what their E3 plans are uh, as on their Twitter account. And I'll post a link in the chat for those who want to uh, check out what the tweet was. But uh, they tweeted out, Join us during the E3 2018 for tournament coverage, gameplay with Treehouse Live, and a video presentation focusing on Nintendo Switch games coming this year, including Super Smash Bros. Um, and on the picture, it says, uh, first thing this states, it's uh, they have a Splatoon 2 World Championship game uh, or competition happening on June 11th, uh, 3.30 to 6 p.m., so three hours. A video presentation, which I'm assuming that's going to be their E3 um, direct. Uh, it's going to be taking place at 9 a.m. on let's see what is it, on June 12th. Um, the tr- Nintendo Treehouse Live uh, oh. is is going to be uh, afterwards uh, or the three days of Nintendo or, or other days that E3 is happening of uh, various games, um, and then Super Smash Bros. Invitational is happening on June 12th, uh, right after the Splatoon 2 uh, tournament. So here's what I'm get here's what I'm guessing when it comes to to this and Smash specifically is that oops I forgot to start the timer um is that Smash is they're gonna show off the base characters and then the Inklings and maybe one new character in the uh Nintendo Direct at E3 and then afterwards they'll have the invitational of those characters being played out on stage um and that's to me it sounds Probably the most logical in terms of like how they're gonna how they're gonna be formatted. Um, well, I definitely feel like the reveal of Smash is going to be before the Invitational. I like. Ooh, ooh. So, and oh, and I'll touch about it on the next topic. But like, um, I'll actually touch it here actually, um, because one of the things that people were trying to figure out, and I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, is is, is the Smash game going to be a port? Is it the real new game? Like, there were clues in the trailer that said that they were or not. Um, and then in that um, financial uh, results briefing presentation that was released uh, this past week, it detailed that, like, it said in, it said in bold, right, on top of that image of Smash, Super Smash Brothers, that it is a new game. Um, so I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes. I did see that. I was like, I was like, I was like, fucking told everybody. Yeah. Well, there's no, there was no indication or there's no clear indication from Nintendo like if this was a new game or not. Um so like it, it, it didn't have to be clear. Here, here's my thing. There there was clear enough indication. It had, you know, it, it, it's centralized on the on the on the um uh Splatoon kids. Um, I don't know what to call them exactly. Uh, they're, it, they're inklings, but yeah go for it. And then and then when she looks at the the sign and then it shows like the silhouette of two characters which is Mario and Link, it's very clearly Odyssey Mario and Breath of the Wild uh, uh, Link. Mm-hmm. Like, guarantee fucking to you, Mario is going to have a Cappy attack. Guarantee fucking to you. And, and and for a minute, like, I would 
I, you know, and we had this conversation prior. He's like, I, for a minute, I said like, you know, it could be just be costumes for the, for for uh, for Mario and Link. Like it, they could possibly be just like costumes for those. No, characters. I think I think Link is gonna Link is gonna have an entirely different play kit when it comes to, um, one of the big things about Breath of the Wild is the ability to find new weapons and use them. Mm-hmm. Granted, they break. Well, Link's gonna be able to do that. <laughs> I'd be hilarious. He's gonna you're, you're gonna be able to. <laughs> just like press a button he's gonna pick up a new weapon use it and then it'll randomly break like that'll be his thing people won't like him because of that <laughs> but that'll be a thing right um right. And-, and uh i just I, I, I personally dude i feel like it was pretty clear that it was a new game and i really hope that from what i read that the invitational is going to be the new game uh, but they're only going to have, like, some characters available to play. I would assume so. They did say... Uh, actually, like eight. I, actually, I did have another article up here, uh, here on GameSpot.com, uh, written by Eddie McKeech. Uh, Super, uh, Smash Brothers for Switch will be playable at E3. Uh, Nintendo today detailed its plans for E3 2018. Among the most interesting details is that Super Smash Brothers title for Switch will be, sorry, will be playable on the show floor during show hours on June 12th to the 14th. Um, you can visit Nintendo's booth at the Los Angeles Convention Center to be among the first in the world to play the highly anticipated fighting game. Um, those willing to brave, uh, um, well, it goes on to say the show floor and how it's going to be like crazy, but, but it's going to be playable at the show floor. So, um, knowing the fact that it's going to be an actual, uh, now, now it's official, official, the fact that it is a, is a, is a brand, is a brand new smash. Uh, now begins the fun part. Now begins like who's going to be in it. Um, which I've always loved how they do the trailers because it's always really cool to see the reveals and always cool to see like how exactly they're uh, going to fit in the Smash universe. Um, so yeah, I just, I, yeah. I, what I'm what I'm more excited about is like they're going to obviously give a release date, and I'm going to assume later this year uh, uh, for Smash. I, that's going to be Smash Five. That's going to be the, this. I'm going to say this is December or November. No, I should take the back. November this year, 2018. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> but, well, even still, like I think the um, the uh, the biggest thing that the biggest thing that I think is gonna September. Valera says September. Uh, um, I, I, I would take you up on that bet, Valera. <laughs> I just know it'll be fall. Like that's my like fall season. Um, but uh, I feel like a lot of like the classic characters that we have known to be in the games will be based off of newer games yeah agreed. Uh, agreed i feel like i feel honestly dude don't quote me on this but we're gonna get toon link again but he's gonna have the power to be a uh like um basically it'll be the uh uh link between worlds uh link hmm hmm okay so it'll look like toon link but it'll, it won't be you know right um, right right or it'll be that version of Link. It'll they'll call it something else. Uh, I'm excited for the third party characters we might get. Yeah, that too. I'm very excited to see what would we get out of the third party characters. Um, I'm mm. so here, here's the thing I'm thinking right now. Before I, because I also wanted to talk about like what since we're talking about E3 and Nintendo, like what other potential things are going to talk about um, at E3. But my mind of thinking is like when it comes to Nintendo Smash games. And I actually I, have an idea of something from E3 that has nothing to do with Smash. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's my thinking: is like 
the Smash games are, you know, it, it's an awesome game. It brings in different characters from different universes um, and often, can often be used to promote future games. Um, so, like, that, can you give me an example of that? Uh, Bayonetta. Uh, she came to the Wii U and uh, because Bayonetta 1 and 2 was on the Wii U. Um, and I well, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think her her addition her addition to me was just because they had Bayonetta one and two on Nintendo. It was that, and also the, it was also because of the whole voting thing too. Um, and when he, when at least when it comes to mind, it's like in terms of like how 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 you know, actually games... Valer on that note about about Labo. Sorry to interrupt you again, uh, Anthony, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to point this out. I actually had the idea for Labo the other day, and I told this to Anthony. I don't think it'll be a character. I think it'll be a power up, an item you can pick up. Um, child was added, and there was no Final Fantasy games on the Wii U. That's true. That's very true. The only the only connection there was the fact that Final Fantasy was released on the Nintendo Super Nintendo uh, back in the day. Um, so that that was that, that I, was that yeah. Connection. I'm just I'm just I'm just pointing out that characters are usually not added to promote. They're just there because fans really want them to be in the game. And for the sake of this, like with what franchises we've seen being added by different companies, like there, there's a potential for a huge number of different characters that we could possibly see. Like people have been wanting Goku, and I think that'd be super fun to have in this. I uh, that might be more of a possibility now than before, just because I agree. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, no, I'm I'm happy to hear it's a new game. But th- something I want to I want to bring. Uh, uh, touch on that because we've been concentrating on Smash primarily for this thing. <laughs> um, I really do feel like that we're going to hear a lot and see a lot about Smash at the Invitational. We're not going to see much Smash at the with the uh, Direct. I think their headliner for the Direct was, oh yes, fucking yes, Valer. I, oh. Um, uh, I think the thing we're going to see at the end of the direct is a short studio demo. So like it's still in development, but they're going to show some of it. The switch Pokemon game. That is true. We haven't heard anything about that, about that game for a long time. All, so all we've wouldn't... heard is that they're making, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting to see Metro prime four in some capacity at E3, uh, since yeah, it's announced. Yeah. So we'll see some about that. Um, more, well, it, after after several directs, I have a pretty good idea of what they're gonna do. Like the other thing, they're probably gonna announce is like more third party support from other game companies switching to or um, porting their games to the Switch. Um, let me see what else could they potentially announce at E3. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I feel like they're also gonna announce the next uh, like at least two whole packs of uh, Labo stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of potential there for what could be added, and I yeah. think a lot of it. I think a lot of what's going to be added is, uh, um, a lot of their own franchises. Or if it's if it's a surprise thing, it's a franchise we're not even thinking. Yeah, and also I would put out there as in chat has said, um, the interesting move for a 3ds like uh, support, um, which we'll get in it in a second. Um, which is I find what, interesting. What uh, do you mean by 3ds support? Um, so did you read the, the 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 document that I gave you? 
I had to scan through because I was busy. Okay. There's a... You kind of sent that to me at a really bad time. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I'll, I'll go over that part, but, like, Nintendo is in full support of their 3DS. Um... Much, much so with the Switch, which is interesting. Uh, also, before I continue, thank you for the follow, James Snow four twenty two. Um. So, uh, recently, I'll put this on. Uh, recently, uh, Nintendo. Um. Oh right, right, yeah. Okay, I just article. Uh, I'm not sure if it was made specifically made to be public or if it was. Uh, leaked, but their presentation of their financial results briefing was was released. Um, it detailed some of the things that they've that we already know, but they also detailed like uh, specific uh, numbers as far as like how much a game was selling, how many copies it was going for. Um, two of the things that w- that came out out of this, and I'm gonna read the article here that was talked about it. Uh, this comes out of Verity.com, uh, written by Stephanie Fogel. Nintendo Switch Online details coming in early May. Uh, Nintendo will share more details about its upcoming online subscription service for Switch in early May. It said during a, a recent financial results briefing, like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold, Switch Online locks multiple play, uh, gameplay behind a yearly subscription fee. It also comes with its own dedicated smartphone app that provides voice chat and other social functions. It was originally scheduled to launch in late 2017, but before Nintendo decided to delay it. The Nintendo Switch had a great first year. It reportedly sold over 17 million units since its launch in March of 2017. Nintendo predicts that it can do even better in the coming year and sell 20 million more of the hybrid console along with the 100 million games. Uh, once the online service launches in September 2018, it will additionally offer discounts on the Nintendo eShop along with the combination of retro titles and added online play. A 12-month subscription will cost tw- uh, will cost 20 bucks, with which Nintendo credits a lot cheaper than its competitors. Um, so it got a little bit detailed as far as that goes, but like it definitely, it was listed in here, um, but it said that there'd be more information about the online, um, the online uh, uh, service and how it's going to function um, during their... I guess the direct is going to be in early May, which is around the corner. So we'll find more information about that because they haven't said anything about that, like at all. Um, so I'm very curious to see what they detail outside. From of- what I understand, like, and and again, I briefly looked at it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but <sighs> Nintendo is really on the up and up. <laughs> oh yeah, like, like they, they're making they're 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 in really good shape right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the Switch is selling really well. The the the, you know, the fucking DS is still selling well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no. Games are selling out the ass. Like, I, I sincerely hope that we get, you know, at least two major titles from three sixty or for three sixty. Jesus Christ, <laughs> from the uh, from the, uh, the that are on the Switch uh, every year. Like I know last year we got lucky with Zelda and Mario, but I'm hoping that this next year we get you know. Metroid and something else, you know. I, I so here's the interesting thing that I'm like, and we talked about it in briefly in the last segment, but like, here's the interesting thing that's got me wondering um, is that the continued support for the GDS um, that they have right now, uh, I would have thought by this time that they were going to stray away from the GDS and just promote the Switch and say, hey, the Switch is it's both a portable and it's a home console. 
and we're going to treat it as as both um, and support that and slowly like uh, wean away from the 3ds uh, gaming device i thought that was going to happen but like after reading this like they've definitely are supporting they're, they're supporting the 2ds for uh, was it so 2019 or further beyond that um which is interesting which is very interesting and i heard talks that um, the reason why for that is because they weren't sure that the, the Nintendo Switch was going to be a success or not. So they were hedging their bets. And just in case that didn't work out, we'll, we'll focus hard on the on the 3DS. Um, but it turns out to be yeah. not the case. Um, and yeah, but games that are coming up pretty soon. Uh, was Dead Heat Breaker, Sushi Striker, which actually looks pretty cool. Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, WarriorWare in August. Luigi's Mansion re-release uh, this year and Mario and Luigi's uh, Bowser's Inside Story. Um, so they're definitely... It's interesting. It's very interesting that they are definitely uh, going in that direction and supporting the 3DS. Also, not to mention, as I scroll down more on the document, they go into detail regarding their mobile market and how well they're doing. And apparently, like, they've... They're not doing too bad. Like, Fire Emblem's apparently selling well. Super Mario Run was apparently selling well for them. Um, they're, you know, they're liking what's happening at Animal Crossing. Like, they're in a pretty good spot right now. And it seems like everything they've seemed to touch mostly is turning to gold. It's all coming up Millhouse for Nintendo. <laughs> it really is. And it looks like they are also going to be focusing on the mobile aspect as well. So, it's interesting. Because, like, they're going mobile with the, with the, the, the phone device. They're going with the support on the 2DS because people are still... So have a lot of them and they're still buying them and you get the switch at the same time um it all looks good for nintendo right now my question is can they do all three with enough support to keep it going um yes and no i think they can for a while but at a certain point they're gonna have to they're gonna either have to come up with a new handheld which is gonna be hard sell right mm. now or kill yeah, the tough. ds entirely I would say that they would probably kill the DS entirely before they put out a new console or a new handheld. Because as we've seen in the past, they're not shy to do that type of thing when it came to the uh, NES Mini. Because when that came out, people were getting it or people were craving for it. It was a huge, huge thing. But Nintendo had a limited supply and they only released so much and I don't want to say refused to make more but they felt satisfied for what they've sold and made it Super SNES I'm assuming they make another one of those so I would not be surprised if they just killed the, the, the 3DS to make a new handheld console or a new handheld altogether or push the fo- focus on the Switch and saying that it is a handheld and they push more handheld original games on the on the uh on the switch so they can go on multiple routes uh yeah. not to mention again the mobile market <laughs> they can go that, that route too so it's very interesting to see the fact the fact that yes they are doing very well right now but in terms of like what they look like in the future it's all going to depend on what they want to focus on um unless they had the money to support all big major three components to their company and to what their focus is but at some point like they're going to have to focus on particularly one or two things for their company. Um, and you can have, only have so much more manpower to, to do that. So 
I'm very curious, but this is kind of blew my mind as I looked reading through this stuff. I was like, holy crap, Nintendo. Um, so I think it'll be all right. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to do really well. I, I, I don't think that they know the mistake they made with the Wii, with the Wii and the Wii. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to do that yeah. again. And really, I think that that's ultimately where the problem lies is what they did with that system. So, yes, it was, that was a, for them, that was a big, huge misstep. The Wii U is the 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 bastard uh, uh, stepchild that they do not. I don't know that see. I'd say that the Wii U is a really solid console. Oh, don't be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I it think was it's a cool. really hard sell. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I got a Wii U. Like there's some there's some good games on it. That I want I, I still get to play. But like for Nintendo, they 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 deem it as a failure to them. Like it is they they are straying away as far away as as they can from the Wii U and try well, to it's... not acknowledge it. I think it's more it's more to the fact that they I don't think that they're trying to do that. I think that they're only doing that for the aspect of making it easier for people to um make the choice. Like if a parent goes into the store and wants to get their kid a new Nintendo, they don't want to have parents look at, you know, look, you know have the situation they did with the Wii and the Wii. Like it doesn't say it's the new console; it just says yeah, Wii U. True. Well, what's yeah. what's the difference? So, yeah, with yeah. the Switch, they were like, "Let's get rid of everything we have in the store right now. Release the Switch, so that way by Christmas, you know, when a kid says, I want the new Nintendo,' parents just go, okay, I want the new Nintendo,' and and, and they get it. Like, I think that was more their idea. I really, I really don't think it had anything to do with with uh, what you just said. I I would I would agree. I would, I would agree to that because there are definitely there's definitely times when it comes to parents and other generation as far as like you know being very confused so like what to get the console and the Wii and Wii U was something where people were confused like is it a attach on is it like an upgrade like what you know there were definitely that, those talks so I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the decisions why they made that mentality of like we're, we're making a new console we're going to switch we're going to not talk about the Wii U because we're moving on to the next console and have people focus on that. So I could yeah. definitely see, I could definitely see that for sure. Uh, welcome back, uh, Salvador. All righty then. Let me go in studio mode for this actually. Okay. All right, guys. You know what time it is. It's time for your Overwatch Minute with Greg Dietz. But first, after this intro, then you talk, Craig. <laughs> Wow. I like how you have that. Uh, kind of cool. I have, this is the first time I've been saying it, guys, because I usually don't have popped up. So I'm like, hey, this is neat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's not a whole lot of news. Uh, I mean, real briefly, uh, this this week ends with, uh, or this upcoming Tuesday is the last, uh, or it, it, let me rephrase that. Retribution ends this week. Um, so if you haven't gotten your chance to play it, definitely go, go play it now. Uh, 
Also, last chance to get any of those loot boxes that are part of it. Um, uh, so there's that. Uh, uh, also, um, the new season starts up this week. So if you're waiting to get Brigida into... Oh, I am sorry. Get Brigida <laughs> into competitive. Burpcast. Um, uh, this upcoming week will be the, you know, like the beginning of it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, but uh, let's talk about the other news. And, and I'll get to the biggest story after I get to this real quick. So, um, in Leijing Tower, uh, there are occasionally, I think it's in the, I don't remember what part of it, it's in one of the three areas that you go to, there's tickers, news tickers that you can see up on the wall. And uh, previously it would say, Soldier 76 spotted in Dorado, May visits the Himalayas, and Tracer Winston seen in action. That's what it used to say. But with the recent patch, it changed. Now it says, Lu Zheng, sorry, Lu Zheng Interstellar to start a new group of top aerospace projects uh, attempted to reestablish con uh, contact with the Horizon Moon Base, which is that place that, uh, the, one of the maps, one of the newer maps. And the current CEO of the group was once a moon base station scientist. So what what could this mean? What what does this say? Well, what this says, in a sense, is um, in some way, fashion, or form, uh, Winston's somebody in in Winston's life will come back. Somebody in Winston's life will be a new character. Will they be a part of Talon? Will they be part of Overwatch? That's up in the air at this point. But there's about to be a lot of Winston backstory that we're about to see. So cool. get ready for that. Because um, that all seems to be associated with Winston and or May. Uh, but I doubt it. People are saying May, but I'm like, nah. The bigger thing, the biggest thing is a... Uh, oh, by the way, the new... Uh, um, Hanzo reworks. I think I talked about this last week. They've been tested a lot on different things, mm -hmm. and people are saying they're overpowered. But what people are, aren't taking into consideration is, yeah, his six volleyed arrows are at full full power, so he could do 180 damn or no, is it 280? I think it's 280 damage per arrow via headshot. So like he could easily take out a tank with headshots. But here's a question: How many fucking arrows is he gonna nail? That's a good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. Because it's an on-the-move sort of thing, so mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it. But mm -hmm. um, also could be wrong about that. I don't remember how much power they do. They do a lot. But anyway, um, so they've been looking to rework uh, Symmetra. And some of the stuff is so weird. Some of the stuff is so different than what we know um so they're talking about changing her teleporter changing her primary fire changing her secondary into something um and all of it is not what we're used to so if you play Symmetra you know that her secondary fire bubble that pops up and goes towards the enemy where they're thinking about tripling the speed of that I know. <laughs> which would make it really fast yeah mm -hmm. um and the reason they want to do that is that right now like yeah it's cool to have it and it sometimes hits people but it doesn't it doesn't hit people often enough 
So it kind of feels like it's super easy to dodge, and they want it to not be a... Especially with the speed that the game is at. Um, then they talked about the, the turrets. And the problem with the turrets, as of right now, they don't do enough damage in, people's, in, in the developer's mind. But they know that if they were to increase the damage on six turrets, it'd be too much. So they came up with a really good idea. Each turret gets 30 health, so they could take a little bit of damage, but, you know, not too much. And she only gets three of them. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. They do almost three times as much damage, and they hold people in place a lot stronger. Ooh. Here's the other thing about the turrets. She can throw them. That's dumb. <laughs> wow. Again, this is all this is all concept rework, so this isn't permanent. Jesus. This was talked about in the forums by a developer with with the Ugh. fans. Ah. Um, and here's the other here's the other thing. So the teleporter would be different. Um, I think they said that the teleporter would be invincible until six people went through it. Okay. All right. Which I don't know. I don't know that I like that as much. But basically, taking away the uh, the shield generator and just having it a teleporter. Um. The uh, and the final thing that they want to change is to change her beam from a lock-on to something uh, that's very similar to um, uh, Zarya. But right now, what it does is it goes um, forty damage, two seconds of sustained damage, sixty damage. Sorry, forty, eighty, a hundred, hundred and sixty. I think is what it does. Yeah. So it's it's four, eight, sixteen is how it goes. And, um, but it has to do sustained damage to get up to 160. Uh, and as you know, at 160 consistent damage to an enemy, like it melts people, right? They're thinking about increasing that, but taking away the lock on. So it would do like an automatic 55 and then double that with two, two, two seconds of sustained damage and then double that with two seconds of sustained damage. So but again, hmm. But again, making it a straight line. So here's the thing I'm thinking about. If you're going that route, wouldn't... If I wanted to get max damage every time with Symmetra, wouldn't then the, wouldn't then the strategy for that be where you initiate that beam straight on and it does the initial 55 damage You know, at its peak before it starts to go down? Does it go up or go downwards the longer you hit somebody with the, with the beam? Uh, right now it goes up, and it would still go up if it was a straight line. You would just have to... Do, right now it's every two seconds of sustained damage with her beam being mm-hmm. locked on, it increases two times until it gets to 160 and maxes out 160. Oh, okay. Then never, never mind. I, I was about to say, like, if, uh, you know, do the beam first, stop, do it again, kind of in, in, in a, in a kind of on-and-off situation. Okay. The scratch was no, about yeah, to it, say. It yeah. has to... <laughs> Yeah, it has to be sustained damage. So, in reality, having her beam be a straight line and do that would actually decrease her ability to do damage with it. Because as fast as Overwatch does... Oh my gosh. <laughs> All the bubbles want to come up right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you would have to have it locked on to an enemy for at least six seconds. And in Overwatch time, that's a long time. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know... I don't know how well that would work, but I'm interested. I'm interested to see if they can make it work. Uh, but again, all of these are in concept. 
like they haven't even put a lot of these on and I guarantee you a lot of it will change over time so but I thought it was very interesting that she would be basically an entirely new character yeah that is that is very interesting you don't hear that often when it comes to competitive games to like say like hey this character may be an entirely new character than what this character began like tool sets and everything might be changed completely which is crazy but that's cool at the same time yeah yeah cool yeah but that's it for your overwatch minute guys all right well that has been your overwatch minute with greg dates all right so hey okay awesome so we've come to the the end portion of the podcast um and uh, again reminder we're doing a post show and we're talking about avengers spoiler cast ahoy so, if you have not seen the movie, uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, if you've not seen the movie, please stay clear of the stay, stay clear of the after show, um, either in the stream right now or in the MP3 podcast tubes. So, warning. Anyways, uh, with that, um, uh, Greg, where can I find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at showbrockgeek. Um, uh, and aside from this podcast itself. You can also find me on the other podcast I do called All Queued Up, where uh, my co-host Josh Fisher or Insolvener76, as he is in the chat currently, uh, watch and um, watch an entire show, watch two shows, I'm sorry, we watch two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming service via Netflix, Hulu Plus, YouTube Red, Amazon Prime, what have you, which Amazon Prime might be a thing we may not do anymore because it's going to be more expensive and I don't know that I can afford it. Um, but, uh, um, we watch, we watch the show in their entirety, meaning if there's 13 episodes, we watch all 13, no offense or buts. And then we, 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 for about 20 to 25 minutes, we discuss the whole thing as best we can. And then we review it and, uh, but having a lot of fun with the show. Our recent episode was, uh, we actually had a guest on Anthony. Um, do you remember John Abaya? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, so uh, I was on. Uh, he was on our show, reviewing Lost in Space and Seth Rogen's uh, hilarity event. Um, and then uh, I went on his show and we talked about uh, the Venom trailer and Infinity War. Cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, if you guys want to check out that episode, is currently up. Again, we do talk spoilers, so if there's you know a new episode that talks about a new show that you might not be interested in hearing the the spoiler of that's perfectly fine. You don't have to listen. I would say watch the show and then come back and listen. Or if you're looking for a new show on the website on allcuteuppodcast.com, we have a tab where you can go and see all of our grades that we've given to previous shows. And if you're like, Oh, I wonder what show I should watch this week. And you're just kind of curious, go look at our, go, go look at our grades. And that should give you an indication whether you uh, should check it out or not. But again, that's allcuteuppodcast.com. Cool. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Defective Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStartPodcast.com. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, we are live every Sunday night at this time on Twitch.tv slash MissionStartP for your weekly gaming news. We are live. Let me put the... Put the there we go. Um, 
it's been kind of changed from Tuesdays to Wednesdays when I get a new episode up on because of school. Um, but uh, we post every week our new episode on the site as well on Stitcher, iTunes, Radio Public, and recently we put on Listen Notes. Uh, so shout out to them. Um, all of our podcasts are on there, but uh, check, check that out at uh, missionstarpodcast.com in the podcast section of the website. Um, I just did a new episode of the Conover today about Kazukon. It's been something I talked about for a while and I needed to get done and I finally got it done. But um, if you enjoy our convention or talks about conventions, uh, anime, video games, uh, comic conventions, our thoughts on whether it'll be good or bad or something to check out, check out the Conover. It is on our website in the podcast section as well as on Radio Public, iTunes, Stitcher, and on Listen Notes as I put that command. Uh, no, wait, hang on, there you go, uh, right in the chat for those who want to subscribe and check it out, uh, we post a new episode every time we go and cover a new convention, uh, if you enjoy comic books, entertainment, movies, um, a bit of everything, anime, video games, check out The Rolling Twenties, hosted by Jeremy Wilson, the guy right, right in the very right, in the yellow shirt, um, it is a podcast that happens every week. Um, I've been a bit behind on posting their new episodes, but uh, they usually, yeah, they, they have a new episode every week, um, usually on Fridays, and you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and on Podbean, as I put that command in the chat to go check them out. Uh, last but not least, and actually I'm going to do, I'm going to actually uh, 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 put uh, upload the post show on here onto the down in front feed, but as well as this uh this uh, segment we're going to do afterwards. Um, Down in Front is a movie podcast where we talk about our thoughts on said movie. Uh, that's going to be updated pretty soon, actually, after tonight. Uh, but uh, we basically, every time one of us sees a movie, we give our thoughts. We record an MP3 file and upload it right into the RSS feeds and talk about our thoughts on said movie, uh, which is on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public, and on Listen Notes. Um, and just a reminder... We are going to talk about, uh, oops, wrong one, hang on, uh, podcast four. We are going to talk about, we are going to talk about, um, Avengers. It's going to be happening right after this podcast ends. Uh, so for those who want to stay clear of any spoilers, this is your last chance before we get right into it. So, um, with that being said, uh, that's about it actually, I got nothing else <laughs> With that being said, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.